I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey everybody, welcome to today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. My name is Sunny, I'm here with my co-host Giant Skyhawk. That's me, I'm a large avian individual. And of course our wonderful, esteemed guest, Mr. GGYGO. How are you doing today, Gary? How's it going everyone? Just here to talk about some cool band list things and what have you. This format's going to be very interesting. It's definitely going to be very similar to last Nats, but I think there's going to be a little bit more spice that we have to mess around with, so... Hopefully it's a good time. We'll talk about that and uh, see where it goes. All right. So right before we talk about back-to-back sorts all Nats wins, we're, let's go ahead and thank all of our <laughs> wonderful spots. Okay. Right. So of course, yeah. Of course, a huge thank you to Steel Fox Games and ETB Games. Those are my two locals that I go to regularly. If you're interested in either of those, be sure to check them out in the description down below. Of course, and if, if you want to uh, check out our wonderful sponsor, Gem Accessories, be sure to check them out. And of course, if you're buying any Dragon Shield products, be sure to check out our affiliate link in the description down below before you do that. So with that said, let's talk about YCS Philly. So this was something that we meant to talk about last episode and then we ran out of time because we spent too much time griping about the band list. We spent 10 minutes talking about Lightning Storm. <laughs> Probably pretty close. We were pretty mystified by that. So, uh, but now that we have the band list results, we can talk about the YCS that just happened under the last band list that is no longer relevant. So, uh, Gary, you were there. Eyes, uh, reporter on the ground. What? How do you? How'd you feel about it? What happened? How did the? How did the event hall react to the ban list dropping in the middle of the second round? So it was definitely interesting because you kind of just heard one person go uh, ban list, and it was funny because when that happened, when I heard the first like freak out was when I was actually looking at my phone. I refreshed it and it said zero seconds. And I was standing next to DB Grinder, 
and I was like, video now. And we're just like, we got to do this. Like, oh my God, like we don't know when the next round's coming up, but we got to record. And uh, it was hilarious because uh, you started hearing it like throughout everyone because you heard fanless, fanless, fanless. And like, it just gets louder. And then all of a sudden, like you just hear like a roar inside and you're like, wow. Like, cause we all thought it was fake. Cause I looked down at my phone real fast and I saw like Diabolosis and I was like, it's probably real. And I was like, this is probably fine. And uh, then UK updated and I was like, oh, it's definitely real. And I was like, oh, we got to record now. And so that was, it was crazy. Uh, but YCS Philly, it was a really cool time. Uh, lots of branded. That's not something that I exactly expected to see. I thought we we're going to see like a lot of super heavy. I didn't play against a single cash Tira. Like that was kind of nuts. And uh, there was so many different decks that I was prepared for. And I would probably only expect to play against two, maybe three on a high end of branded, like one later on in the day. But I played against like four. And that was a lot. Uh, but overall, the event was a super fun one. It feels gonna... like my last couple of regionals that I went to. Sorry, Skyhawk, I cut you off. But uh... I'm good. <laughs> It feels like the last couple of regionals that I went to where it's like, I don't, I think I've played against cash maybe once in like, you know, a dozen rounds of regionals just because it feels like people are kind of moving off the deck onto things that are either the new hotness or they're just tired of branded for whatever reason or not branded, it's uh, cash Tira. They're just tired of the deck for whatever reason. It's, it's so, so brain dead. So, uh, I mean, I don't know. I'm happy to see new people moving off Cash Tira before the ban list and hopefully even more so now that the ban list has come through. I was going to say, uh, I, I my first reaction would be to think it was fake. <laughs> I can imagine, like, literally, all it would yeah. take is one person to be like, the ban list is up, and everyone would go, ah! But the, I, I also got to say, the, the video of you and DB Grinder reacting outside of the event with, like, the buses running by in the background, very funny. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> yeah, it was just the most impromptu video I've ever done. And honestly, I would do it again. It was super fun. Uh, but it was so funny because the person, uh, so the person that was standing next to me, right, uh, they had their phone out. And I was like, so can you record us and then I'll borrow your phone and look at the van list and then we'll talk about it. And he goes, that's fine. And then I like use their hotspot on the spot to go ahead and upload the video to like get it going. And it was like the perfect situation for that to happen. Cause I'd already finished my round very quickly. I was already outside. I was already talking to DV. He had the hotspot ready to go. Like it was just meant to be. So it was a really fun video to record. That's beautiful. That's crazy. So, would you be fine with them postponing a list like two weeks again if it meant you could get that mid-round reaction again like do you think it was worth it i don't know if i would do it again just because <laughs> it was probably very distracting if you were playing and i've heard a couple of people saying that like their friends like shouted across tables at them because they were mid-round and the ban list came out and I can only imagine how stressful that would be because obviously you're playing your match, right? And like, that's the most important thing at the moment. But like the race to get cards is <laughs> wild because like we already saw what happened to Deng Long the second the ban list dropped. It was $40. Yeah. Like Chi Win, $30. Uh, yep. Fenrir went from 
20 to 40. And it's like, if oh, you weren't around and you could like pull up TCG player to buy cards, you were so far behind. Or if you weren't able to like run to a vendor, like they sold out and they actually put signs on their table saying no Denglongs. Yep. And that's <laughs> so crazy. That on Twitter. I, did. I saw that. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I, so it definitely was probably very stressful for anyone who couldn't be up and freely available to go pick up cards. So I could definitely understand why it, I, even in my opinion, I probably just would not do that again. But as a one-off in the biggest event that we've probably had in like a very long time, if not the biggest, um, definitely a really fun one, right? Like it was unique. So yeah. um, I don't know. It I don't know if funny I would have do done it. Cool. At, it would have been funny if they could have done it at the 250th. Ooh, I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, that would have been an all-timer. I, this, it, it was cool. It, it seems cool. very much like a good job. Don't do that again, please. <laughs> please don't do this. Uh, yeah. I don't know. You mentioned like people getting off Kashira, but I mean, there were still 26 of them in Top Cut at Philly. I don't know if that's really people getting off of it. <laughs> Maybe they will now, but. I mean, if people get off of Kashira to go play a worse deck, it just makes it for the remaining Kashira players, it makes it all the easier for them to top, right? Maybe. What was, what was the actual, like, uh, rep breakdown for the full event i have to pull up the konami blog i don't know let me pull it up you had it yeah. sent to me in dms let's see it's crazy that you ran into so much branded too because i think only five of them made top 64 it was like four and then there was the branded lab build there was a uh, tier in top 16 too I, 26 cash tira 12 super heavy <laughs> yeah five five labyrinth one branded labyrinth four branded despia Four Pearly, two Punk Gold Pride, two Eldritch, two Fluanderies, one Tier Limits. That one went all the way to top 16. No, the Dinomorphia went to top 16. It did. Uh, Tier Limits did too. Ma Yo, I actually saw yeah. a Dinomorphia deck that was playing Mathmech cards. That was wild. Yeah, so Math I'm Mech actually... Sprite on Avalon, Rika, and Runic. Sorry. So the Mathmech thing, I, I think people, even with Circuit 1, it, it's kind of a shame because I've been telling people that you... Mathmech Circular is Fusion Destiny, is what it is. Like... It's it's fusion death if you're if you can make a rank four it's fusion destiny but it's for IP superfac instead of uh, DPE and and like the celestial draws right but with circuit one I think I see people mess around with it like the super heavy players are like what if we play like superfactorial nabla circular diameter we make a rank four our rank four is Alan Bershin and then we just get like the full line uh, I could definitely see people hmm. do that it, the, so the Dinomorphia player I have a bit of context about this uh, it's funny because his name is also Isaac uh he's like 16 uh he he showed up in the dynamorphia discord afterwards to like answer some questions uh turns out this is his first event that isn't a locals <laughs> uh and it, it's like it's an unbelievably budget list like he's not playing pros he, he mentioned he wasn't playing imperm because it was too pricey uh it's oh, like no. yeah it's like it, it it's such a it, it's wild and like the tier limits list top 16 and like a room full of cash tier playing like players playing shifter that dude's wild that's such a I th it's crazy that the deck can still can still do that even with like 20 that dude's cards lost in the, in the sauce list. yeah it, it also like, like so if you look at like the full breakdown for pearly they were like yeah okay so we're gonna drop the list in the middle of the event and we think pearly is a problem so we're gonna hit delicious memory to one and then only four of them out of top 64 it's like the craziest part about the pearly in top 64 to me is that this was a deck that was going to be heralded as like one of the best decks post Syac, right? It, 
it's just kind of crazy to me to see how low the representation is on that deck. But I have also heard that the deck has an extremely high skill ceiling. So, you know, maybe it's yeah, the difficulty of the deck. But, like, so we saw a bunch of nationals already, right? And, like, Curly yeah, hasn't really been super popular. I thought that it was going to be really popular at our event, but, like, there's a part of me that was like, I still don't really respect this deck. Like, I don't really think that's gonna be that crazy. And when I sat down round one, I played against Pearly. I won 2-0. And then when I sat down round three, I played against Pearly and won 2-0. So I was like, I don't really know. Like, and I was on MathMac of all decks, you know, like one Nora should have cooked. But at the same time, if you have like small world in the Santa Claus, you win the game, it's circular. But, uh, you know, that, that's always cool too. Uh, but in a nutshell, I feel like Pearly should be able to perform better. Now it's just like a going second deck. Like you just play maybe like even a small striker engine if you want to, or you just play a bunch of gas with like purely cards and go like happy, go second. Um, and then turbo to like delicious because a lot of people were talking about playing like Pearly tier limit. But the only issue with that is that if you mill delicious and then you go Lily effect, it gets imperm, you're cooked. So I don't really know if it's the best option. Like people are still talking about it. And then the other thing was purely Sprite. But like even then, if you hard make a plump and make Nor, it's not a quick effect because you don't have any of the monsters equipped to it. So, so you're just sitting on a not, big moron. <laughs> it's not super good unless you want to go like leave plump on the board double cross equip early and then rank it up i mean i guess but that seems like doing the absolute most um so i don't really know it's, it's just a going second deck now that's true so now that we do have this list you have the most prominent deck in the meta with Kashira being i'm not going to quite say addressed on the ban list but um there's some cards there. Uh, Super Heavy being um, attacked by the ban list. And even your second and, you know, your tier two decks, things like, which I guess it's wrong to call Mathmech tier two, but, you know, it's I wouldn't quite put it in that tier one pre-ban list, but now it kind of is right there. Uh, but you have your other decks that were prominent decks in the meta, things like Mathmech. Uh, with Circular going to one, getting hit. You have Pearly, like we mentioned, with Delicious Memory getting hit. Even decks that weren't as prevalent in the meta, things like Runic Naturia. Naturia Sacred Tree goes to one. Also baffling, uh, with zero representation. But it looks like they not only looked to address the overall power ceiling of the top decks, but the decks that would be sitting right below them as well. So the question then becomes, with this ban list, how much do you take from this event going forward where the top four i believe was all Kashira, but does it really matter i probably not right so i've had this conversation with a few people and if you recall before the ban list most players were saying as long as diabolosis got banned the deck would be manageable and I think that once Unicorn went to two, even though it's like a weird hit, it's like a consistency hit. And I think it was fine because people were already playing Prosperity and Desires to see like combo. So if you even put that number down lower than three at all, I think that it automatically becomes like a pretty decent hit when people have to play two pot cards just to like weren't seeing combo. 
Um, and then the other thing too is like one arise heart. That's kind of big because like it makes really awkward scenarios in the mirror match where if your opponent uses Shangri Era, you can't just summon Fender and go arise heart because it's your only one. So like yeah. now you're in a weird scenario where like if they just chain their rise heart and your rise heart banished it face down, you're in a grind game with no rise heart. And that's like mega weird. But I mean, like you put your opponent there too. I, I don't know. It, it's, it's an awkward one for me. Um, but I think that like the hit was significant enough because people are still trying to play like the Kashtira raid raptor. I I don't know. It, it's like a really odd build. I'm not a huge fan. Um, then you have like the adventure Kashtira that I've seen, which I mean is still pretty cool. I think the adventure cards come back a lot this format. Or you do what I think is going to be the best variant of the deck, and you do like Dryden Control, like protect the towers, right? Like you'd put up a Rise Heart and then have like Floodgates. Um, and I think that it becomes more of like a mid range control deck versus like anything super aggressive like it has been. But we'll have to wait and see what it turns into. I think I agree with that. Like, uh, I think it was Jesse Cotton's deck profile for the last YCS. He was like, I really wouldn't want to go any lower than this amount of, like, cash tier of monsters, because as soon as you go lower, it makes it really tricky. And then you take away one unicorn on top of that, and it's like, well, I'm playing a deck that still ends up with the, the ceiling. I don't know. I don't think a Rise Heart to 1 matters against other decks, but it, abs it definitely does matter in the mirror match. Like, I wonder if people will stop playing it just because they don't want to get, like they don't want to have to like hold their hand traps when they see their opponent's unicorn hit the field and they're like ah well if i do anything <laughs> i'm dead uh is uh i don't know it's weird i feel like i yeah the mid-range control thing i think makes a lot of sense because if you can't rely on getting back your rise heart after it gets outed then you're pretty much just playing a grind game I also, one other thing I think about this format, I think the demise of Super Heavy has been greatly exaggerated. Uh, obviously, like, like I think the one-card combos are still quite strong, but you have to play more engine. It feels like the Scarecrow ban to me was Konami saying, you have to play more engine in your Super Heavy deck. You're not allowed to play 15 hand traps. We're not doing this. Uh, so now, now you can only play, like, 9, or you have to play, you can play the same amount, but your one-card combo is a lot worse. So I think, I think we will start to see Super Heavy either as, like, an engine where you play the Wakashi stuff just to, like, start plays or to uh, to extend after, like, your deck's play gets owned, or we're going to see them play more, like, kind of Earthbox engine. I don't think it's dead. I think uh, I think people will lab it out. Yeah, and we're going to see something really interesting, too, but not till after Nats. Uh, so I think, like, Nats is what we're really looking at right now as far as, like, potential. Uh, but we do get Crimson Dragon, which is very easy to summon in that deck. And I don't know if anyone's read Crimson Dragon yet, but that card says you can target itself and summon Hot Red Calamity. So that's a problem. Uh, mm -hmm. That card's probably going to get banned very quickly. Uh, but that's definitely something I think in the back of everyone's mind right now. Like the second that we leave Nats, it's just going to be regional season into Calamity. So that's uh, it's going to be a time. Uh, Super Heavy Engine as just like an engine as itself, you know, using the scales and whatnot. I think that there's heavy potential in using uh, that and a few different decks, uh, which I think is pretty cool. Um, maybe we see someone on the next ban list that can like help with that, but we'll have to see like how bad it gets hurt because I'd only imagine that if it's like dead, that they might be like, all right, here's something to help. But I don't really know if it's like super. I think that like purely is more dead than that deck. Uh, 
I, I think the second I, I saw delicious to one, like they could have hit Any anything else. Yep. And literally, and they could put all the spells to two. They they could have did anything. Delicious to one. That was the that was a smoking gun right there. I Do was like, that wow. Burley has any legs after Dune with with the cards that they have coming in Dune? So the only thing they get in Dune are draw cards. Uh, you have like a target for Sleepy to summon, which is cool. You get the like the small Nor, uh, which is pretty cool. But like, I, I don't really know if that solves the problem because like you're you're drawing a lot of cards for sure. Like you're equipping Sleepy, you're going Field Spell Sleepy. Like you're almost guaranteeing that you're drawing six cards, so it becomes like a hand trap deck, which I think is fine. But now it's going to be protect the first turn, don't die and kill with happy where delicious just becomes irrelevant at that point but like still would be really nice to have delicious to at least set up a first turn nor because now all you have is like a floodgate and beauty uh so it, it's a little awkward i think that as of right now let's go second maybe with the new stuff you can go first but i mean that's yet to be seen yeah so overall with most of the decks in the meta being addressed to some point how do each of you feel about the upcoming meta, right? Because I think that there's a lot of discussion being had that potentially the decks that were in the meta either were addressed not very harshly or maybe a little too harshly in some instances. So you end up with this kind of weird double think process going on in the community where you have some sects of the community that say, well, the format's not really going to change. You have other sects of the community that say, well, the format's not going to do anything but get way more diverse. So I'm kind of interested to see where you fall on that because I personally fall on the line where I think the format is going to end up being a lot more diverse than it even was. Kind of like what you said earlier with it hearkening back to last year's Nationals format where you had a wide, a wide, wide berth of all these different decks that really had legs to stand on. And now with something like Denglong coming back, Ringo Worm coming out, even something might maybe like Source Souls competitive again, right? <laughs> so you're, curious you're, as to what you guys think will, about where the diversity of the format's gonna go from here. You will cope until the end of time, huh? Uh yes. I I think my my sole point on this is I think I think it, it that depends solely on how far Kashtira falls off, right? Because uh, I think a Rise Heart's existence locked a whole bunch of decks out of the format that probably had a lot of potential. But when, when the format is centralized around that singular card, uh, it, it makes it difficult to, to move outside of that. So I think if, if Kashtira falls off to the point where you're not seeing a Rise Heart like four rounds out of a 10-round event, like if you go below that maybe... Then, then I think the format gets really wide. But I don't know. It, it, I think it depends on how much of that sticks around. I think with the format, uh, I talked about this uh, with a friend, and we were kind of bouncing ideas back and forth, and we're like, is there a best deck? Is there a particular deck that does anything that's more degenerate than the next? And there's a lot of things that you got to kind of consider. I think we're going back into a format where we use like six to eight hand traps at most. Um, if you want to use more than like sure, but you're risking not using like non-engine, which is really important. And I think this is a format for non-engine, not like board breakers or hand traps, but like tactics, like those types of cards. Um, 
in my opinion, if we had to pick a best deck, like if you told me like you need to pick one, it's probably live twin runic sprite. I think that deck is still super consistent in what it does. The end boards it puts up, they're not necessarily degenerate, but like they're also kind of hard to break on card advantage. Uh, so I, I think that deck has a lot of legs to stand on as far as being competitive into the new format. Um, it already has a lot of different, uh, I think even like regional wins and tops and uh, I think like YCS tops as well. So I, I definitely think that could be like the best deck moving forward. Um, in my top five, I do include Sword Soul. So, I mean, I, I don't think that you're like mega coping on that. I think the deck's fine. Um, I just think that it's one of those decks that can still utilize a lot of non, uh, non-engine and still be able to push forward through quite a bit. Uh, so I still like it, but I agree with you as far as like as much as Cashier falls off really depends on the rest of the format. Because I think right now, Cashier is in a weird spot. It's not bad, and it's definitely still good, but where does the build go? And I know a lot of people were like, well, you could just play the deck as is. And I'm like, can you? You know, like... There, there was a couple different like lines that were really important, like Diabolosis. You know that was uh, that was a pretty key piece in the combo. You have like three Unicorn now. You have two, so like if you don't open that, a little awkward. Um, you have to expend cards that you wanted to go for other things like Prosperity. Like if you hard open Unicorn or something, they could at least go for other things. Uh, so I think the deck changes a little bit. I don't, I don't, how much I don't really know, but I, I think it gets a little different, and that's why like. Even people who piloted Cash Tier before understand we're about to be going into a whole new format because now, like, we'll probably still see it in Top Cut, no doubt, right? Like, it's still going to be around. But what variant? Yeah. And that's what I really want to know. And when all of your tech doesn't have to go into dealing with the Rise Heart, it means, like, just opens up so many more options for decks to play. I totally agree about Live Twin Runic Sprite. Like, uh, it's the, the, the board is so sticky. It doesn't do anything crazy, but, like, the fact that you can go like have both of the life twin monsters uh have one of them summon one of them back to get either the draw or the pop the carrot or the red tribute that off and then you can use the other one to summon it back it's so hard to like pick apart the monsters with a lot of decks to break the board so i totally agree it's like super sticky and it has a lot of good matchups yeah and i think something else that isn't really being discussed is also melfi sprite is Still basically at full power. Yeah, the price <laughs> starter, starter to two. two but <laughs> yeah. For all intents and purposes, starter to two doesn't really affect anything in a deck that has as many ways to get to starter as the deck does. So, with that said, do you think that overall sprite variants end up being the best deck? And if so, does that lead to a rise in a, maybe a change rather in deck building philosophy, right? Because as there's more and more sprite in a format, I think we've seen this in the past, you have a format that switches away from hand traps and more and more into board breakers. Things like your Dark Ruler No More, things like Triple Tactics Talents, uh, maybe even a rise in Thrust seeing play to go get these cards. Uh, so I'm kind of, I'd like to hear your opinions on if we'll, if we, do we think that sprite is the best deck going forward? And if so, does that cause a change in deck building philosophy going forward? Because it's the... how you interact with Sprite just is very different from how you would interact with a lot of other decks. Slightly off topic. Did y'all see the picture of I think it's uh, Din Kang Fam with the with the two starter just grinning? <laughs> yeah. She's <laughs> like, I got, I got I got this, guys. <laughs> you left me two starter for Nance, it's over. 
<laughs> and Skyhawk, now I'm going to need you to put that picture in right I got, here. I got you. I'll make it happen. Yep. Yeah. Just take a, take a note of the timestamp. Yeah. So how do we feel about Sprite? Yeah, so Sprite is definitely an interesting deck. It has so many different ways that it can play. It has the Beaver Engine, too, if you want to do that. I think those cards are crazy. Um, like the Adventure Sprite with those is always really good. Um, I think overall, if we start seeing a lot of Sprite, we're going to see a lot of Dark Ruler, uh, just because that card definitely deals with quite a bit. Um, so maybe we start seeing a heavier side in cards like Judgment, uh, just to make sure that is around. But that also means that we probably see a lot of Annie Spell, uh, which is not the card that I'd necessarily love to see. You know, Striker player at heart, so it's uh, a little unfortunate. Um, love me some spell cards. Uh, it's just like one of those things where when you... When you take away, like, one of the craziest ways that you can break a board, right? Because whenever you hear break a board, usually I feel like the the first thing you think about is a spell card, right? Like, you think about Tactics, you think about Dark Ruler, like, Regeki, Lightning Storm. Like, these cards that are just absurd. And then they flip Annie Spell. In many ways, call me crazy, in many ways, Annie Spell is worse than IO. So, the reason I say that, though... Is because, like, if you open, like, a spell to deal with a board, there's actually cards that you could open against IO that would still deal with IO that don't deal with any spell, which I think is really unfortunate. Um, so, like, for example, this might just be Cope, but, like, one card that I played uh, just to be able to deal with it was I actually was citing Spiritualism. And uh, that won me a few games. But, like, even if you open up an out like that, like, doesn't matter you know like you still have to deal with it which is unfortunate um even under io i've been able to activate an area zero use the effect of area zero because you don't have to like or you're allowed to activate it chain ogre pop it summon a ray go hayate attack for game <laughs> and like there's been crazy That's plays for io um I never realized that Ogre was on either player's card. It's just anything. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, like, you can do some funny things. Uh, and really so, funny. in many, many ways, in my opinion, at least, I know, again, this is probably, like, Mega Cope, and someone's going to be like, there's no way. But, like, <laughs> any spell just almost feels worse than IO. But, like, I, I don't like either of the cards. I think that you shouldn't shut off an entire mechanic. I think that's just awful. Because usually when you see an uh, any spell or, like, an IO, it's standing behind in the gate. So, like, that's the worst feeling. Um, but that's why we play super heavy and we don't care. Yeah. It's that's it. Of, that's exactly and, right. And it's, it's one of those cards where it's like, there's a huge argument of like, yeah, well, there's there's tons of cards to remove it. And it's like, no, if anti-spill is being played, it's either a back row deck that is trying to shut off, like, a lot of the cards that remove the, the stuff. Or it's a combo deck that is trying to draw into their piece that shuts off all the board breakers. And I feel like... It... it I, 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 I don't know why they keep these cards legal. I, <laughs> I feel like this is a tangent you can have in any ban list discussion, but, like, I, why is D-Barrier still a thing? Like, why is anti-spell around? Why are we doing this? You're right. <laughs> right. Harpy's Featherstorm. Yeah. We all have our We all have our normal trap card that is a lingering floodgate that we would like to see banned that we can't do anything about because Reboot's banned. They did. They got a pointer. I, I will say I, I do hope that like the appointer ban is clearly a philosophy change thing for konami i think 
uh, and I hope it's indicative of a further trend because a pointer is the type of card that I could have seen them just like leaving out one for a billion years because they were like, mm, okay, <laughs> if you get it, I guess. But I'm hoping that the existence of something like Thrust means that they might start to be like, uh, actually, maybe you shouldn't be getting these cards off of that. Or maybe, you know, maybe we should actually be banning these cards instead of keeping them limited or semi-limiting them. Was so, a pointer a normal trap? It was a normal yes. trap. The idea behind limiting Maybe the existence is, of the Labyrinth deck does enough for that to start getting these cards banned. I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know about that. Maybe, yeah, maybe it was, uh, no, clearly it was Trap Tracks, because you couldn't get it before with Trap Trick, but you can get it with Trap Tracks. That's got to be the thing that got it banned. No. I think my favorite thing from the YCS was my opponent going, all right, so they're like, watch me combo, and to play around Droll, I go, summon Circular, dump Sigma, normal diameter, bring back Sigma, overlay Alan Bershin, chain link one, chain link two. Yeah. And so, like... It doesn't matter if you get rolled. Mm -hmm. And my opponent goes, Ash Imperm. And I'm like, okay, anyways, Thrust set super factorial. Yep. <laughs> that's so sick. So gross. I love that is something that's so cool about Thrust, I think, is it, it sucks that it goes to get all these like terrible cards. But the fact that it gets so much stuff in engine, like we play it in uh this deck absolutely doesn't matter. We play it in Fluffle because it either it can get you something broken, but it can get you foolish burial goods, which is Toy Vendor, or it can get you patchwork, which is like your whole engine. Like, there's so many decks where something like Thrust actually helps them, like, build their engine back up after getting interrupted or trying to deal with interruptions. But, like... Yeah. Or you just get barrier. <laughs> right? It's like... See, that's the only type of deck that I think Thrust is even that good in. Because, like, people are talking about playing it in Striker, and honestly, I agree, right? Like, you should play it in Striker because, like, Engage. Yes. But, like, there's so many scenarios where, like, Talents is just better. Mm -hmm. yeah. And... I just, I'm not super sold on the card in Striker as much as people want it to be sold. Like, I really like Talent as a card just because, like, if you get hand-trapped and there's nothing on your opponent's board, because, like, sometimes like, there's things that you got to deal with first before you even go for that. Mm -hmm. And, like, Tactics is just such a good card. Like, I, I don't know. I just like that card so much uh, <laughs> instead. But, like, Thrust in Math Mac, setting Super Factorial, that felt like the most broken thing I've ever done. Yeah. Like, it was so good. Here's, here, let me so just... it does bring me to my next point after Skyhawk. Skyhawk, you didn't finish. All I, I, all I had to say was I, I just, I love the concept. Uh, Thrust is like, in so many decks, I feel like you're siding it for exactly that reason, where it's like, if there's nothing on the board, it sucks. But having that, like, random engine piece blow out that you can go at. Like, I've, like, a lot of flu players are playing it because they can set Dreaming Town if they get hand-trapped, right? And then if they have another body in hand, they just do their turn on their opponent's turn. So they can like, set Featherstorm. Yeah, they can set Featherstorm too. They can get the Floodgate or the engine. That's like the that's the dream. Me right. thinking about playing it in Tri Brigade now to set Revolt. <laughs> Things you can hey, do in 2023. That's it. Catch me getting survival. So <laughs> it does bring me to my next question though, which is with some banlist losers that we had, like Pearly and Super Heavy and Cash Tier, we also have some pretty big banlist winners. So I think the first and most obvious one is, of course, Gary, this is all you. <laughs> You're strikers, baby. I remember I was at YCS Niagara. You said, it's fine. Engage to one is cool. Engage to two would be really cool. But the thing that they can, that would just make the deck a completely playable deck, like bring it completely back, is multi-roll to three. 
Yeah, so, I remember you saying that be that would be like the biggest thing for the deck. What's funny about multi roll is it's single handedly one of the craziest bricks in the deck, but also one of the most like insane make you do something card in the deck, right? Uh, so multi roll gives me my favorite interaction in the entire game of Yu Gi Oh! And that is activate multi roll set talents. And you go multi roll target talents. And either they negate multi roll and you flip talents, or you send talents because you never needed talents. You know, it's, it's so funny. And uh, I've had it happen so many times, and it's won me like countless games where you open those exact two cards and you know that you're winning because, like, no matter what happens, it's a crazy outcome. And um, I love that. But so, Striker in general with three multi roll. You're probably only ever playing two, but having multiple is very nice because the whole thing is if multi-roll ever got banned, Striker is nearly unplayable because you need the grind game. Like, that's what Striker lives for is card advantage. And if it's ever gone, it sucks. So playing Desires, you're always just like, yeah, it's fine. Like, we banish Engage, it's cool. If we banish Roll, it's going to be awkward. So, like, now having more Roll... Definitely very impactful because at that point we can go ahead and just banish things. We don't have to really care as much. But like having to engage, I I've already had games so far that I've activated engaged, got negated, area zeroed into my second engage and won the game. So, you know, it's pretty cool. I'm a huge fan. I think Striker needs something else where if anyone checked out my community tab, I'm already posting different like copium builds. Uh, just things that I'm trying because I really want to make something really cool. Uh, back when I played my 60-card adventure DPE turbo deck and, you know, top that regional, that's something that I think Striker needs to do. It needs to raise its ceiling by playing a different engine. And I think by itself, honestly, even with two engage, not that good. Like, it's not my top five. But if you are able to mix it with something else and be able to apply that pressure to your opponent... Where they tell you, like, listen, I don't even know what to side against you. Like, that's showing that you have the ability to play some back row and some control, but also play a bit aggressive into your opponent's board. Like, all you need is Ray and Linkage, and you can go for an OTK, AK. But, like, having something else, I think, is really going to elevate the deck. But we'll have to wait and see. I'm really waiting on, like, as I think it's Azalea. This is a new one. And then uh, Cam yes. uh, Camellia. Um, both those cards are very good. Um, Azalea is really cool just as a generic spot removal. Um, Camilla is actually very good. People were talking about that card being bad. That card's actually very good. Um, That's you're what I, was saying. I think the card's broken. Yeah, there, you're in a lot of situations where you like nib your opponent, normal a hand trap, you're in the engine. Like, that yeah. Nibiru was awful in this deck for a long time because if you couldn't clear it, like you lost the game. But now you go normal hand trap, engine, and then you go yes. effect, dump. Like, you're back in the game immediately. And I think I, that card's so nuts. Skyhawk, me and Skyhawk were talking about that when the card was when announced. I, yep. My first thought was Runic uh, Runic Striker because you can use the Runic spells to get into a Hugin. And then all you, all you are, you're one summon away from it going into your, uh, your Striker engine, right? And uh, at that point, you're also fueling your spell cards in the graveyard and it feels like it works it would flow pretty seamlessly together and i could be completely wrong about that right runic striker might not be the greatest mashup in the world just because of them both needing the extra monster zone i don't know 
But what I do know is it's interesting nonetheless. And I think Camellia is really, really, really underrated. Uh, I was very shocked to see people saying that the card was going to be bad because my first thought was anything is engine now. Uh, it's that, just it's incredibly easy to find engine. That was exactly that. I think that might have been exactly what what I said when we read it on the on the cast for the first time was that, oh, you can just play any engine in Striker now. Like, if you, if you really want to make it work, you can. Anything that can put, like, two bodies on gets you into what you want. So, like, and uh, the, even, like, even, like, the the utility with, like, snagging monsters, putting them back, zipping them around, like, that also works with some engines. Just... it Camellia truly is the Vert Anaconda of Striker. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, like, the other cool thing that I think that no one's really talking about is that so the second effect of Camellia to like give it to your opponent, and I believe it bounces the monster. Um, what's cool about that is because like Camellia's effect says that you can only special summon Camellia once per turn. So that means that like when you summon Camellia, you can't use the other effect because it's stuck. But that's something that's cool because if you get drolled or if you're in like a weird position, or like let's say like you're out of Shizuku, like you need something that you can pass on that's like decent. So you pass with Camellia and you set linkage. And what's cool about that is that when your opponent normals or they commit to the board, you can linkage the Camellia away, summon something else, Camellia will trigger, give it to your opponent, bounce their monster. So it makes linkage actually like uh interruption, which is really cool. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. That's sick. That's really sick. I so when are the new striker cards coming out? Uh, Monstrous Revenge. Uh, I don't think we get Camellia yet because it's. I think it's a jump promo. I could be wrong, uh, but I, I know that it's probably going to end up being later. If it comes out in Monstrous, like we're gaming, but like you know, <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I, I don't know if we're going to get that card that soon. Come on, uh, we're absolutely going that nuts crazy. for that. Come on, TCG, give this man what he wants. Yeah. <laughs> get it together. We gotta let him. Talk nationals out here, right? Like that'd be sick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the the last deck to cover here that's really a, a mainline deck that people are actually thinking about playing would be Runic. Now, a lot of people were expecting Fountain to go to one. It only went to two, which I feel like makes it less viable as a stall burn strat. Yeah. And more viable as an actual, you know, as a supplementary engine. Oh, no. We can't uh, play the stun version anymore. Boo hoo. Anyway, right. Oh, no, let me pull up these other fifty deck lists. So like <laughs> yeah. yeah, let me pull up any of the actual good runic lists. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I'd... it's interesting to me to see runic fountain go to two. Like I said, I feel like, it, I, so I listened to the Goocast today. Goocast season two just started back today, and in it. Uh, Nesh said this was meaningless because you were only playing two fountain anyway. And Pac said, I don't know what you're talking about. I was playing three. And Nesh said, well, thank goodness they semi-limited it so they could fix your lists. Right? They, they deck-doctored you. It's just a... Yeah, you know, a lot of people said the same thing about Desires going to two. They deck-doctored you, you know? That was the... I mean, so, two Desires is kind of cool. Yeah, like, that's the... It's it's one of those weird. I still say two desires is fine. I want a third because I have three collectors, but two is fine, honestly. Okay. I only play two, uh, two desires and striker. I don't know. Optimal. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. Know. I think they're like the other stuff. 
it's it, labyrinth i think is kind of in a weird position like for like the furniture build for example the gamma limit i think helps them a lot because even though they were all playing gamma like gamma on the furniture pieces can put you super far behind so having that gone is really huge uh but the format lab was also kind of a response to cash so i don't know how well that starts doing now uh runic seems to me like in in, in a wide format runic seems like a pretty good move because being able like the, the engine itself is pretty good at going second into a lot of decks like you've got you've got a wide array of answers for stuff um and uh, and you've also got killer grind game which is super good when you don't know if you're going to be playing against a lot of rogue or even if like the whole format is rogue uh so i think it ends up being a pretty solid pick uh branded is weird i don't know <laughs> i kind of lost ash yeah everybody's gonna i think i feel like everybody's gonna be maining ash now just because like how do we feel about branded as a strategy with all the new support they've gotten everything else getting hit yes i understand that the expulsion lock is gone but they still have ways that they can do things that are unfair right so i got a lot of comments in my last video because i said the brand fusion should have been at one two but i feel like it's kind of like what happened to dragon link right like dragon link got hit i think because it was around for too long because like at the time that it got hit dragon wasn't really doing anything that was degenerate like it wasn't like which crazy. time that it got hit um, <laughs> yeah. right right it got hit like but, six uh, times and that's not talking, an exaggeration we're talking lp ban we're talking chaos dragon, dragon limits we're talking eclipse i mean like they banned lp right and then the deck was still just like what's up you know like it's funny to me it is really it really is um but i think that branded just needs a hit finally that's just like stop playing this deck you know just like the issues are still releasing support for it though yeah but like it's supposed to be the end of the lawyer and then we're getting ulti branded fusion so i'm hoping after this format it just gets hit again like i, I don't know that deck's really annoying to play against and it, it's one of those things too where like they still have sanctifier they still have other ways that they can combo and like a lot of people were like, well, it doesn't matter if you get Ash, you can still do like a hundred other things. But like, even if you can do like a hundred other things, I'm personally just very tired of the deck. Like, I would rather just move into like a new meta. Um, kind of talking about a different deck too, that I think is very cope for two reasons. And I'll talk about why that is, is Vanquish Soul. Um, okay. That I'm down just to talk about got this. released. And so... They didn't make the Link 1 of Anchorage Soul. They didn't make Stake Your Soul searchable. And I find that to be a huge problem because the deck already has a slew of consistency issues. And now that, like, you can't go mad love into Stake Your Soul to at least, like, start comboing, because now all you have is, like, a non-targeting Book of Moon, which is, like, cool. Or you have, like, the Reborn. But, like, I was testing it on the stream and like we were trying to make it work i was putting like a small math mech engine to, so you could like draw more than like just borger which is like a great right. card, but like just to keep the hand advantage but we don't even have a good earth to reveal in the tcg people were like well you can play like bell and whatnot but like it's not maxi and i think that's a huge issue as well because like if you can't start your turn off or if you fall behind in card advantage i feel like that's a deck that's gonna have a really hard time playing the game and that is something, like, especially with, like, the boss monster. You need to reveal three. So, like, 
I really hope that you can get hand advantage online quick because if you can't, it's it's gonna be a weird like a weird grind game. And well, let I mean, me ask like, you this: it can do a lot, but not a lot at the same time. Let me ask you this: Do you think the total cost of the engine will be over or under three hundred U.S. dollars? Over. Uh, <laughs> over. It has so many ultra rares on it. I'm gonna look it up this actually. Is, where it's this at is right what now. I was saying. This is what I was saying. So we had the whole debate when we talked about the rarity of this of this set. I said it doesn't matter that there's seven ultras. It does not matter because realistically, only three of them will actually be worth anything. And at the end of the day, the deck's not that good, at least not on release. So I said uh, it will be under three hundred dollars uh, after pre-sales, like six weeks after release. I said under three hundred dollars. It's the it's the type of deck where it just takes like, it takes one result right for for the whole thing. Yeah, to skyrocket especially or it just takes like the reveal of one piece of support to go absolutely nuts. Like we we it, I we have I guess we're we're rehashing this huh? Uh, the the like the pearly stuff is is the perfect recent example where there were only three of those. Labyrinth. See, do you see what I say? Okay, that's different because you don't have to play play sets of all of the cards that were at high rarity. Like the monster count, you ended up dropping down. So the only card in that side set that you were playing three of was Welcome Labyrinth. And even the furniture builds are playing two Welcome Labyrinth, three Big Welcome. So that doesn't work. Um, the 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 pearly stuff was like criminally inexpensive until the stuff got revealed, and then it got like astronomically ridiculous. And that to like the point where they were hovering between like thirty or forty dollars for the ultras. So that you're you're looking at a ticking time bomb of an entire deck core. That is like more than twice the size of those pearly cards. So, but the issue is, look at all of in those sets, right? If you look at all the, there are other ultra rares that aren't worth anything. There's always going to be ultra rares that aren't worth anything. Yeah, and that's going to be the nouvelles. (laughs) Sunny, I'm going to say three words, all right, and you're going to be on the same boat as us, all right? I won't be, but okay. Martha, circular, guru. All right, they can and they will. They can and they will. <laughs> so like, all it takes is one of those, and that deck goes through the roof. Like, Pearly and CRs is already over a thousand dollars. Like at one point, like that's insane. I'm talking, I'm talking min rarity, okay? But, like, Vanquish Soul. People have been picking that deck up. You're like, people about a love deck that with deck. The same it's just so- Feeling I, I as rescue ace. Mid range decks tend to be a very popular play style, and that's what Vanquish Soul is, right? Like yeah. people love to play that style of game because it feels a lot more like playing the game than some other strategies deck might. Is even if it's not good until it gets it. Yeah. until it gets the second or third wave of support. It is cope. Listen, you got to start reading some patron names until you stop losing arguments. <laughs> that deck is as good you gotta, as you got to save yourself the trouble, man. Listen, I'm all, all for right. Vanquish Soul. I thought the deck was super based. I thought it was super cool. I tried it out. I'm just upset the Stake Your Soul and the Link One are not Vanquish Soul cards. That's it. But like, if they print something that makes the deck playable, I'm all game. And I know they can. And I know they probably will. So I'm just I'm here for it. You know, I'm here for it. Me when okay. me, me when Spy Gal Misty. <laughs> that card would have broke viral. Yes. That card is so good. Exactly. Like, like I probably I bring that up in debate all the time when I'm talking about like situations and decks like this. And I'm like, bro, if Spy Gal was Spiral, 
it would have been broken. It would have been so good. Searchable. Oh my god. I think that like... was already tier zero at a separate point. Okay. So <laughs> I'm just saying, like the deck was already tier zero. Like, it's crazy to think that it could have been more broken. So I'm trying to say here. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm agreeing, okay? I'm agreeing with right. you. We made it. We made it. We made don't it. give me that don't give me that face. <laughs> that face. Uh so we do have a poll from the Discord server. Uh, the weekly poll this week was which exceeds ranking has the best toolbox, one through eight, or just Zeus. So, uh, I guess personally, I would pick rank four, and I think that in the server it was almost unanimous. Rank eight had a few 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 takers, but most most people took rank four. I mean, there was like, it feels like kind of a. A loaded question, I guess. I do think it's very funny that there's probably a good argument to just answer Zeus, because ultimately a lot of like Ixie's packages just kind of become that now. But I, I yeah. think I think it's also probably rank four. Like I think a lot of pools have cards individually that might be stronger, but there was like an entire era of the game for like three or four years that was just solely like turbo out rank fours, and it was like what what like yeah. decks were built pretty much to do that. So I think that ended up it like it has the most flexible tools it's got like all different types of removal it's a floodgate effects like dweller baguska castell silent honor arc uh tons of like generic searchers like broad bold uh, interruptions like dryden even like niche search stuff like uh king of the feral imps the gallant granite it's got something for like everything so it's got to be rank four but what's your like both of your favorite rank fours wow. my favorite rank four or holy what a uh, okay. question I've got, I've got my answer some people might be like it's got to be loggy or adulka no uh it, it is number 60 dugaris the timeless i love that i part. was actually thinking dugaris but i think i'm actually gonna go evil swarm exiton i love that's a good pick dugaris like it does everything right like uh especially like i've been able to yeah. use a ton of different decks like the draw the draw is like cool to like get you out of sticky situations or pitch cards uh, I, my, one of my favorite things in the game to do is just pentastag uct double uct to seven thousand with dugaras and then just attack a couple tokens uh or in uh in uh, fluffle you can go like dugaras revive penguin to use the penguin again the special from hand i just love i love the utility i love the stupidity and also like doubling the attack of, of big idiots to go for game is too much fun <laughs> so it's got to be dugaras so do either of you have a favorite rank eight? I was gonna say, Gigi, you gotta tell us what your favorite rank four is then. Number one oh one. That's good. Silent on arc, you know, that card, it did so much. Classic. Not being able to be destroyed because you just go, aha, I'm gonna detach one. And like, you know, it was, it was so yeah. good. That card's maybe crazy. I play Shockmaster here. It is amazing and, that that used to be just like the best card in the game for like the card was terrifying. Like the card dropped years. and you were like, oh no, how do I help and this we haven't thing? even like thought about it in years. It's crazy. What about what about Shockmaster? Yeah. That card can stay banned. Get out of here. Out of here. Forever. No unlock the shock. That card stays in the van list. That card cannot ever be made legal again. Okay. Ever. Are we doing are we doing favorite rank eight then? Is that the Yeah, I would probably band, right? choose uh, number 90, Galaxy Photon Lord, because it made me a lot of money over the last week or two. <laughs> you found three of them in your bulk. So Wild. It was pretty sick. Uh, if I'm not picking that, I do think Zombie Stein is very cool, I, but 
Um, it might be Dragoobleon. It's got to be got to be Googly Eyes Drum Dragon for me, just because of the name. That is a good one. I think anything that I say always stays very much so in the competitive realm, and it almost never leaves that. Uh, mine probably has to be Zombie Vampire. That card is cool. Like, very yeah, cool. I was thought you were my whole harbinger, but yeah. yeah, I got that in my in my binder. The artwork on that is so sick, and yeah, no, no yeah. four from each. That's just the like, hmm, maybe maybe you got something that was better than what I got. Let's see what we can snag. And yeah. you can like turn on charmers real quick. Like you can do so many things with that card. Like that card's crazy. So I, I like that card a lot. Yeah, I do think that the rank four pool is more diverse than the rank eight pool, but I think the rank eight pool is maybe more powerful uh, simply because of what you have to go through to put them on the board, right? You have negates with things like Zombie Stein or Photon Lord. You have OTK tools with something like Dragoobleon or the entire Galaxy deck. Oh, Harbinger, um, Titanic, Dragon Galaxy. Like that's Another that's powerful negate, yeah. <laughs> so... But I think that's going to wrap it up. If you want to vote in the Discord polls, you can always be sure to check out our Discord. There's a link in the description down below. And of course, before we leave, we're going to read off some Patreon names. And I'm really excited to get Gary's reaction for these because some of them are, they're something, let me tell you. So a huge thank you to Despian Lilith. Ooh, no, nothing. That didn't do it for you? Okay. Uh, Kane Martin's die for us. Are Canadians Nickelback? <laughs> okay. Broken Boy 13, Cards Goatia. Earth Machine, Best Deck, Epi. Has anyone actually read Toy Vendor? HGH Shiver. I used to play Rogue, but then my mom got a job. No? Terrible. Is Canada Nickelback? But why there's two of them now? Are you? <laughs> yeah, there's Listen, two of them. Nickelback is a fantastic band, and we can all stop pretending that we don't like them. All right. How the hell do we wind up like this? And why were we able? Anyway, uh... Gary, let me ask you a question before I go any farther. <laughs> no, go for we're, it. we're not doing this, Sonny. I know what you're gonna ask. I know what you're doing. Which which band is better, Shine Down or the Beatles? Shine Down. <laughs> Without a hitch, find out. Without a hitch. Let's go. You're asking someone who alternative rock, like it's like the best thing in the world. All right, uh, rock, alternative rock. Crazy like, that the Beatles had to create that genre for you to like it. I gotta say, thanking John it's... Leo, Monstratron, Mountain Man, Owen Alvarado. Seto, uh, Seto Kawaiba says, screw the rules. I have waifus. Uh, Silver Hope, unbanned number 95. Konami, understanding and reading are two different things. Virtually, Savior's World. Rogue and Tier 2 are the polite terms for bad deck. Aaron Gardner, Asami, Ashless Chaps. Atsuyo, Simpa, the Silver Castle. Blackwing, Silverwind, the Ascendant is the best floodgate. Box Wine, come on and get your game on. Duty Booty, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Dragon Maid Stunzeed. I'm about to wreak a glamour tribute for Costi's plant nuts in your mouth. Cam, the Team Dad Rekindler, even though Sunny's helping me build Math Mech Circular to one. Old Man Red, Pin Code 143, and Slaking It Up. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. And of course, until next time, thank you everybody for tuning into today's wait, podcast. Wait, before before, we go, before you edit, where can we find GGYGO? 
I was just about to say before we forget, before I hang up, uh, Gary, plug everything that you have. Just everything. It depends on how fast you want me to talk. You have time. <laughs> I, I think it's really funny because with my intro, everyone always walks up to me and they're like, so what do you say? <laughs> and I, I think that's hilarious. But like, I just talk very fast. So I'm actually going to be like making a video. So I put it there when I start a video. So I don't have to like do all that. But like, that, that's for another day. Um, but of course, if you haven't already checked out my channel, it's going to be GGYG on YouTube. Definitely go ahead and check me out. I'm doing a huge giveaway at 20,000. So definitely come and join the family. Uh, GG underscore underscore YGO on Twitter. Hopefully one day we can get GGYGO on Twitter. That'd be super clean. Uh, <laughs> and then GG underscore YGO for Instagram. Hope to see you there. Uh, also, be sure to check out, I know you're uh, all fans of podcasts out here. Gary does do a podcast every now and then on his YouTube channel. I've been on it. Uh, eventually, Skyhawk will be on it too. It's a, it's a scheduling conflict at the moment. Uh, but... Be sure to check out both Gary's channel, his podcast, which is on his YouTube channel. And, of course, thank you all again so much for being here. And until next time, have a great weekend, everybody. See you later. Later. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.